Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000-plus a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gig Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs founded by Firemen with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on 1075 the game, Tyler Head, Chris Clark. Uh I don't I don't see West Mitchell yet. Do you know if he's joining us today, Chris? Well should be here. Okay. There he is. There he is. We're all here. Wait, it's a busy time, Tyler. My I'm, goodness. T- I'm telling you. We got a lot going on. Baseball, football, recruiting, the content creator world. Absolutely. And uh yeah, there's just a lot going on right now. Uh, starting out with baseball, it was not a, a fun night out at Founders Park. A long night for anybody in attendance. As uh, you know, I was I was joking with Colin uh, last night while he was out there covering the game. You know, the the Braves game against the Rangers started about an hour after <laughs> first pitch out at Founders Park and wrapped up about like 45 minutes before. It was a long night, almost 393 total pitches between Charlotte. In South Carolina net last night, culminating in the 11 to 9 win for the 49ers. And South Carolina, not with a lot of momentum right now going into the nah. series against Tennessee, which, oh, by the way, they're coming in town tomorrow. Uh, if you're hitting the panic button, I certainly understand. Well, first of all, to go back to Colin, that is what he gets a long game because he was uh, gloating about how short one of the other ones was against Arkansas. I think it was like. Two hours and twelve minutes. He was he was fired up about that. So yeah, that's it what all, you get. It, it all evens out. Karma, karma hit him. And yeah, I, I mean, if it's not lately for this South Carolina team, if it's not one thing, it's another, right? Like right. You, you you start getting some players back, and then you have Will McGillis check his swing and go down. You know, um, with an, an injury, a re injury, whatever it may be. 
you get your hitting somewhat back on track, and then the pitching goes in the opposite direction. And you look like, just big picture thought, when you look at what happened last night, or if you just look generally, if you're a, this, this South Carolina baseball team, if you score nine runs in a game, if you just kind of go in blind and say, hey, they scored nine runs, you're going to feel really good about them winning. Sure. Obviously, it's kind of the concern that we talked about yesterday, previewing the game, the pitching depth, and kind of how you're able to administer the game. Even if you win the game, how you're able to win it. As it turns out, double whammy. They had to kind of dip into their pitching staff, and they walked away with a loss, and they had to throw a lot of pitches on top of it. I, I don't know if you – I don't know if it could have gone any worse, honestly. No, you're right. Like, and, I, and I'm not saying that like as a negative like pile on. Sometimes in baseball you get humbled and the last – not just last night, but the last few weeks have just humbled everybody over there, I think. And if you were going to like make some check boxes of everything that you wanted to happen yesterday, I, I don't know if any of them got checked. May, maybe the fact that, yes, the offense did come alive a little bit and look – the offense, I thought, looked a little bit more like the one we've been used to seeing for most of the year. But the fact that you you used Veach, which I think sort of showed you just how important maybe this game was. And so they used Veach. The game is tied. And he just did not look – it was kind of just one of those days where he did not look comfortable at all, did not look like himself, could not command the fastball. Um, just looked, I mean, you know, they came out and, and checked on him. They came out and looked at him because he looked that uncomfortable. And so, I don't know, guys. I mean, they they got to, I don't know if you can bring in the um, Avatar Spirit Stick from 2010. I don't know, Tyler, if you, if you get that reference or not, but that was a thing, I guess we're talking 13 years ago now. I don't know if you need to burn the sage that Dansby Swanson burned <laughs> at Truist Park a couple of years. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know what you have to do. It, it, it's it's like time to do something silly. I think like they need the uh, what was the fish, um, the beta fish that they had in there. Um, yeah, what was that dude's name? Oh god! Hit us up on the firehouse subs text line. Remind and tell us, us we're stupid because we don't remember a beta fish. Yes. Yeah. Um, Tyler, you missed the absolute golden ages. Not of only... I, I, I guess so. Was that only, LB Danzler's? It was LB Danzler's fish. Oh, God. This is bad. This is bad radio, y'all. I can't, why can I not remember the name of this stupid fish? Reptar. Reptar. Thank you. Ba- sometimes you got to do stupid stuff in baseball. We've reached that point because I, I think the frustrating thing is for fans, um, it, and yes, sometimes this does happen in baseball, and this happens in sports, right? Like, we we can sit there, and everybody's going to say, and they may be right. They're going to say, oh, have you watched this team? There's no way they can turn it around. They look awful. <laughs> and you see examples in sports all the time. This is why we watch of teams looking great, then teams falling off, then teams finding a way to get it back. So I don't think you throw in the towel. That's not what I'm saying. But... I mean, look Look last year with the football team. Everybody after the Florida game was saying, there's no way and you know where that South oh, Carolina yeah. is going to beat Tennessee or Clemson. And then they go out there and have one of the most unpredictable performances you've ever seen <laughs> in your sports life. So it happens. But certainly 
there are problems right now that they're going to have to fix quick because, you know, I sort of thought, guys, that this was a little bit of just, all right, they've had the injuries, they're going through some things with the pitching staff, and they're playing in a great conference. But now, the last two weeks, you have dropped midweeks as well. So that kind of blows up my argument a little bit. And these are games, other than the dropping the one against Charlotte earlier this year, they really just – I mean, it was remarkable how consistent they were in winning midweek games earlier this year. Well, so, And it's interesting because when you go back to the last great stretch of games South Carolina had, they swept Florida – and they had beaten Charleston Southern in the midweek game before that four-game winning streak. And they had, they had lost against uh, Vanderbilt in the final two games the weekend before. But you win four games in a row, and then you have exam week, and you don't play a midweek game that week. They're three and nine since then. So you had this momentum rolling. Then you go what five days without playing a game, and they haven't really been able to get back on track since then. Maybe I'm grasping at straws here, but. There seems to be something to that. It, it could. I mean, baseball is a, it's a weird sport, guys. You never know what's going to get you in a groove. You never know what's going to get you out. I mean, and anybody who's stood in there knows the feeling. Like sometimes, not 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 any of us listening probably have been in the groove that Ethan Petrie was at one point. But there are times when you just you're feeling good. You feel like nothing can go against you. You're hitting the ball. You're hitting the ball hard, but even when you're not hitting the ball hard, it's finding a hole. And then you go through a time where that baseball starts to look more like a golf ball, and you just can't square it up, and you're missing pitches that you would have hit earlier. And it's one little tiny thing. It's one little tiny bit of timing or one little mindset thing. You can tell from Petri's sort of body language in the um, you know in the box that. He's putting a lot of pressure on himself, I think. Not to single him out, but I, I think it sort of is a microcosm, a little bit of what's going on with this entire lineup. And even, I, I don't know how much of the game y'all sat down and watched, but the the fact that, and, and I, I was not there. I was watching on TV, so I'm not going to like throw anybody under the bus, but I, I know there's a situation where there's a pop-up with two outs in the eighth inning, you're down by two, and the ball goes up, but then Charlotte sort of botches it. It drops in the outfield, and South Carolina gets thrown out at home. Um, that that game is completely different if you don't get thrown out at home there. And so I know Kip Balknight on the broadcast was sort of saying, "Hey guys, you know, guys weren't completely running it out." Um. You know, I, I don't know. Certainly when the ball's up like that, you don't want to get caught in between bases either. Like, I know the Little League version is, hey, you run out everything. But certainly you don't want to get caught if it does drop in between two bases. And that's what happened. And they, they threw Messina out at home. So, I don't know. That's just another example. But certainly as as badly as things are going, I know 99 out of 100 times that ball does not drop. But... You want to put yourself in a position, especially with the game on the line, your season on the line, to be able to take advantage if the ball does drop. And to go back to Petri, you know, he's currently in, you know, he had, what, two hits last night, right? So it's not like he's completely fallen off a cliff, but certainly he's come back to earth. 
La- last night, I thought, was probably one of his, his better... One of his better performances. In recent games. But here's just an illustration of how, you know, you can use whatever cliche earlier I said, if it's not one thing, it's another. They just have not been able to put together complete performances, even when they have hit... You know, again, you score nine runs in mm-hmm. that game, but you go back and look at the last several games... Ethan Petrie hasn't hit a home run in eight games now. And that's his longest stretch of the season. If you if you go through the schedule, uh, I mean, his last home run was against Winthrop. Um, he hit two in the Florida series. Didn't hit one against Auburn all week. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, sometimes Ethan Petrie, yeah, maybe hits a double, maybe gets a single, but at times during the season, it's been him mashing home runs, right? So it's kind of a far cry from him, you know, taking a fastball from Paul Skeens and knocking it out of the park. We just haven't seen as much of that lately. So even when they have gotten the bats back, you haven't seen that complete, total, dominant offensive performance that we've seen. And on top of that, the pitching has really started to scuffle as well. It's something else that can't be overlooked about losing last night's game. We all know how important that 40-win total can be at the end of the regular season. If you want to get to that, now you got to go out there and sweep Tennessee. It's a tall task. It, it is, and the fact that, like we talked about, you used Veach. So, you know, how, how does that affect his usage this week? What What is your plan that it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Are you moving everybody up? How does that affect? Uh, and I, I'll be honest, and I know they've done it this way forever. I've never really liked the, the way you get... I, I don't really like the way... You sort of move around, hey, when it's a TV weekend, we're doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then when it's not, we're on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then at the, we're, for the most part, you start on Friday all year long. But then at the end of the year, we're going to start on Thursday. And then guess what? You're going to go play Tuesday in the SEC tournament. And it just screws up your usual usage patterns for your staffs. And that's the thing about baseball, I've always thought, is you sort of you sort of get into a pattern with your pitchers. It's much safer on their arms, I think, when they're going on the same amount of rest every single time. Um, but it's a much better, I would say, gauge of who's the best team when you can line it up. Like, hey, this guy, this ace versus that ace with the same amount of rest. Um, I don't know. I know I'm probably yelling at the clouds here, but it just... It, that's always sort of been a little annoying to me. I know they've done it that way forever now. Yeah, and I mean, it, it kind of tracks with Mark Kingston was asked last night about some other teams that, you know, did not have midweek games. I believe Tennessee guys did have. Yeah, they beat Belmont they, last they beat night. Belmont now they had an eight. They had weather delay, and it, yes. they were out there for quite a while, too. But yeah, they, they beat Belmont last night. Yeah, that game only went eight innings. It was their senior night. So they did play. So they had to use, you know, some pitchers, but. Again, like, I think you look back at some of the teams, and it is true that if you have a good team that gets hot at the right time, you can make a run. The classic example and a recent example is Ole Miss, right? They they were not a great team. I think South Carolina, didn't South Carolina sweep that Ole Miss team last year? Or was that the year before? But that was not a great team, you know, going into the, they went They went one and out in the SEC tournament. It, it, they they kind of... They did some good things at the end of the regular season where maybe you would have had a hint, but it's not like they were on fire. They caught fire when they got into the regional. That's when they took off. Right. But for South Carolina, that's kind of what you have to hope for. Number one, you have to hope that you get hot 
right now, tomorrow, you need to go sweep Tennessee, recapture that momentum. But I feel like for this team, as talented as they are, as good as they've been early in the season, it's just a little tougher because not only do you have the offensive and defensive problems that we've seen, they're still really banged up. They are. Uh, Mark Kingston, a quote yesterday from young Colin Taylor's, quote, we're all day today. You, me, we're all day today from Kingston. So anytime your coach has to start getting existential in the press conference, just not a good sign, in my opinion. And uh, for perspective, Tennessee and Carolina played midweek games last night. LSU, the only other team in the SEC, as they took down McNeese 7-4. to So 11 of the 14 teams opted not to play a midweek game. And, of course, everybody will be in action starting tomorrow because the regular season does wrap up with everybody playing the Thursday through Saturday series. And, by the way, real quick, um, Colin also tweeted, I don't know if y'all would have been able to talk about this yet, but this is from 40 minutes ago. Sanders will not pitch this weekend. Uh, the hope is within the next week or two that he'll be ready to go. Uh, Jerzenbeck won't pitch again this year. I think that was kind of expected, but confirmed. And Will McGillis did not re-break his arm last night, but he does need rest. So I don't, I don't know how much of that we already knew and how much of that y'all got into, but Colin just tweeted that. I think they have a press conference today. Yeah, they moved the presser up to 1030. Okay, that yeah, makes sense. So, so that, that's the very latest then. Yep. Uh, again, Will Sanders will not pitch this weekend. They're hoping within the next week or two that he'll be ready to go. And you, you certainly, I don't know, guys, whenever a pitcher really struggles, maybe this is a backwards way of thinking, but I, you almost kind of hope that whatever was bothering Sanders was kind of secretly bothering him a little bit throughout the year. And maybe that's affected his performance and maybe a reset you get him back that may be wishful thinking from a Carolina perspective but that's that's what you hope going in is that you can get back some semblance of the Will Sanders that we all know he is capable of being right and again they'll be back in action tomorrow night taking on Tennessee first pitch coming up at seven o'clock pregame coverage can be heard right here on 107 by the game at 6 45 Come back to the other side, talk a little bit of Transfer Portal here in the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5, the game. All right, we have another on-location Firehouse Subs Friday coming up. This Friday, we are going to be at 2301 Augusta Road in West Columbia. I'm super excited because we get to have probably Larry Chandler, the owner, is going to hook us up with the entire platter of Firehouse Subs. So come out there and see us. We'll be there from 9 to noon. Again, 2301 Augusta Road in West Columbia. But you probably are hungry listening to me talking about Firehouse Subs. You may not want to wait until Friday. hope you come see us. But you can go out today and get yourself the sub of the day today. And that is Wednesday. It is West Mitchell's new number one. Has been number one for a while. It's the New York Steamer. If you've never had it, you must. It is outstanding. $7.99 for a medium, $5.99 for a small. You can do that at any of the Midlands Firehouse Subs locations using the Rapid Rescue at firehousesubs.com. Find the one closest to you, order it, and it'll be ready to pick up when you walk in or download the Firehouse Subs app to earn rewards on your purchases to get free subs in the future. Again, that's the sub of the day, New York Steamer Firehouse Subs. Latest on the transfer portal coming up next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour on 107.5 The Game. 
12 Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. On 107.5 The Game, Tyler West and Chris along with you. But keeping our eyes on the transfer portal as of late, did have some movement for South Carolina yesterday, adding a O-line transfer from Mercer in a Nijewan Manziel to add some more depth at the offensive line position. Obviously very important given the Nichols injury and having to move guys around. Uh, but running back's been one area that uh, we've really been focusing on and you got the news yesterday that Logan Diggs is indeed going to LSU, no surprise there, but also, and I'm just going to call him DSK, the running back from North Carolina State, who was being courted by several teams in the SEC, has ultimately decided to go to Kentucky. So uh, still no running back pull from the transfer portal from South Carolina as of yet. Yeah, I still prefer to call him Sharko. I think that's a great nickname, but... The Gamecocks could have used uh, Sharko, I believe. We tried to, uh, hopefully, I think everybody by this time yesterday had been rightfully warned that this could be what was going to happen. And Kentucky kind of, Chris, came a little bit out of nowhere on that. You know, I know you, you heard, I guess that was that morning or late that night, that that Kentucky was not only highly involved but might be the actual pick. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a surprise when he picked them, but I would say sort of following his recruitment the last couple of weeks, Kentucky did sort of enter either a little bit late or the word got out a little bit later that they were involved. And, man, Kentucky's actually pulled a pretty good portal class. Not that that's what we're here to talk about. Landed some offensive linemen, landed a couple of running backs. But I I don't know. I know that the first question people are going to ask, rightfully so, first thing that comes to mind is, all right, so what's next? Where does Carolina go next? at the running back position in the transfer portal. I don't have an answer for them there. I think you sort of have to reboot here a little bit and sort of see what the plan is. Kentucky, by the way, and and I'm not sure, there might be a few walk-ons sprinkled in here, but 15 transfers into their program this offseason. They actually had several leave, too, but 15 into their program. And I think an added layer of frustration in this, Wes, is that Kentucky got DSK, as Tyler has coined him, plus Ray Davis. Now, Gamecock fans may be saying, who is Ray Davis? He is the guy from They should Vandy. know. <laughs> they should know. If you go back and watch the film from last year's Vandy games, South Carolina, of course, did end up winning that game, but Ray Davis had a really good season there. And so Kentucky's had some good backs over the past several years, and those two guys, I, th- I think Davis probably more in line to be the guy that plays more for them. But just a little added layer of frustration. And, you know, we knew that South Carolina needed, and, and really nothing's changed, Wes. They still need a running back, another running back out of the transfer portal. They did, of course, land Mario Anderson. He went through spring practice. But, again, well, I know we beat this to death, but the numbers situation is not great at running back. You have three scholarship backs on your roster. We still don't have a firm word on Dante Miller the Ivy League uh, walk-on as far as whether or not he'll be eligible. Then you've got some walk-ons, and you have DJ Braswell coming in this summer. But even just your numbers, if you just look at the fact and say you have four scholarship running backs, even if they were all, let's say two of them are proven guys, you, you might still be slightly nervous, right, about that number. 
Um, but the fact that you don't have anybody that's a proven, you know, this guy rushed for 900 yards, 1,000 yards in a season. Um, this guy's a former five-star running back. You don't have that on the roster, and that's, you know, still reason for concern. So this is an area that I think you can do some things, Wes, offensively to kind of, first of all, I think some of the guys can actually be good options there for you. Not elite options, but good options to carry on Joiner, for instance. I think you can smoke and mirrors at some if you're Dowell Loggins. But this is still an area where they got some things to figure out, I think. Yeah, and I, I would say also not looking good for Dante Miller. Um, his Instagram post a couple of days ago says, though I may not be back on the field this coming season, the journey is far from over. More life to me. And happy Mother's Day to all the hardworking women out there. So that did not sound that doesn't sound positive yeah. at all. Um, it wasn't a specific goodbye. It, was, it didn't, I guess, explicitly say I'm back. But though I may not be back on the field, obviously does not sound good at all for Mr. Turbo, another great running back nickname. And, and a guy I think actually probably could have helped mm-hmm. when you look at the depth chart going into this year in some role for South Carolina. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's not ideal. Like, I think it's one of those things – it's kind of become a thing. It's become such a talking point that when Carolina didn't get one of those two, rightfully so, the fan base is going to be upset. Um, they do have options, like you yeah. said. It's not like the cover is completely bare, but would you have felt much better about that position if you were adding one of those guys into the mix? Of course. And I, I think in the case of Diggs, certainly, and in my personal opinion – with Demi as well. Like, I, I think I was a little bit higher on Demi, you know, than some people. It, se- it seemed like it's safe to say they're really focused on Diggs. Like, Diggs mm-hmm. was a priority target for them. And he was the guy they wanted. He was the first priority guy. And, you know, I, I think with a guy like that, you're talking about a true, like, SEC prototypical RB1, would get most of the reps, would have gotten the football more than anybody else. Whereas right now, if you were going to kind of handicap this room, I think it's safe to say it's kind of by by committee. Mm-hmm. Who's running back one right now? You addressed this earlier, but have your thoughts changed? No, I mean, and, and when I said it earlier, I it's more like opinion. But, I mean, I think it's Joyner. I do too. That's what I was telling uh, Josh Yellman, yeah, our account executive. I was telling him that earlier. I think it's Joiner. I, I don't think, like, if you went internally, you know, I don't think they would name an RB1, but I think I think it's trending that way, right? Like, I, I think that's the way it's headed. Now, it is important to remember, you pointed this out the other day, man. I think I almost have forgotten. Oh, Mario Anderson was a transfer into this program. It yeah. feels like it was two years ago <laughs> it does feel like at this point. Ago. But they they have hit the portal for running backs. Now, that doesn't change the fact we do know they wanted to add another one during this sort of window. But they did add, and I think had a good spring. The I think adding an additional guy was sort of that, it would have solidified it. Like, I don't want to say it's a cherry on top, but it would have just solidified. I feel like what needed to happen during the spring did happen. But then if you could have added one of these guys on top of that, you'd be saying, hey, we're not even worried about that room anymore whatsoever. 
as opposed to now it's like, well, what happened during the spring happened like it needed to, but there are still questions here. Uh, Chris mentioned it a few minutes ago. We're going to be out at the Firehouse Subs on Augusta Road in West Columbia on Friday. Tomorrow, we're going to be out from 9 to noon at Gold Line Framing at 511 12th Street in West Columbia. You can come by and say hello. Nick Emanwari going to be hanging out with us for the Garnet Trust Hour from 10 to 11. So be sure to uh, come by and say hello. And uh, we'll be out at Gold Line Framing tomorrow. 7-5, the game. Like Tyler was just telling you, we'll be at Gold Line Framing on Thursday. And Gold Line Framing and my friend Kendall Walsh are a new sponsor of this show, and we are very happy to have them. We're very happy to be out there tomorrow live at 511 12th Street, West Columbia. You can give them a call, 803-739-1337. They've been in business for over 20 years. Open Tuesday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., and then Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Everything from diplomas to original artwork, canvases, jerseys, and flags. They can help with all of your custom framing needs. But as Tyler said, tomorrow, if you want to meet Nick Imawari, we'd love for you to come meet us in person as well. But really, you're coming out there to meet Nick. Nick will be there from 10 to 11 as part of the Garnet Trust Hour. We're excited to have Nick out. We'll have him on air. We'll have him talking about the latest that's going on in his life as he gets ready for June summer workouts to start. Again, that's Gold Line Framing, 511 12th Street. That's West Columbia, South Carolina. Come out and see us on Thursday live, 9 to noon. The new NCAA football game makes its return in 2024, and we got a big update about it earlier on this morning. We'll talk about it next. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 1075 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Here on 107.5 The Game, Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you on this Wednesday morning. I teased it before the break. Uh, We are all anticipating the new college football video game set to come out in the summer of 2024. Originally, they said it was going to be in 2023, but they pushed it back to 2024. We got the news earlier this morning, though, via Michael Rothstein of ESPN that actual college football players through NIL, will have the opportunity to appear in the new EA Sports video game when it drops next summer. I'm pumped. I actually do not have a current gaming system or one of the next-gen systems, I guess you'd say, and I may purchase one just for this game. All I have to say is I hope EA Sports does not screw this up because some of their current Madden games have left a lot to be desired. I know the NCAA game has always, in my opinion, been a better experience than Madden as far as actual gameplay. But I feel like if you're in kind of our age group, you grew up with this game. Mm, and, absolutely. You know, there's there's a lot of people I know are excited. As as sort of disappointing as it is that they pushed it back, you know, it, it would have been initially it would have been coming out this summer. But if that's what it takes to get it right, then I think we should all be happy for that. And I think we all knew that they were going to make um, every possible push to try to get real players in there. That's the reason you bring this back in conjunction with NIL. But 
now it's confirmed completely. EA Sports has confirmed 120 teams are already in. You know, I, I, obviously, I think most of the FBS will be in there, and by the end, probably all of them. And you know, I, I think that this is a uh, this is cool. If you're and if you're a player, you absolutely want to be in the game, right? And so it's cool. They're gonna so on three, uh, Pete uh, Pete Nakos. He basically has reported that um, not finalized, but the, the number five hundred dollars per player has been thrown around as a potential compensation for this. And I mean, I, I, th- I think this is really cool for gamers and really cool for college football players. So they, everybody, the the football players I knew back when I was in college, at the time it was a different time, obviously. But I don't think they really cared that they weren't being compensated <laughs> that you know defensive end number 7 was clearly Jadavian Clowney but i think it was more hey this is really cool that i'm i'm in a video game as opposed to it being like hey give me 30 cent per thousand copies sold or whatever the math would end up being so i'm um, i think this is really cool on on all parts and I'm excited to see what they come up with. And it does give players the option if they don't want to be in the game, then EA would just basically replace them with a generic avatar-generated player or whatever, I guess, with a fake name or whatever it may be. But like you said, I don't see why any player would opt not to be in it if that $500 uh, figure is correct. It's like, hey, $500, you'll be in a video game. I don't know who wouldn't spring for that. I'm going to be a little bit of a contrarian on that because I am interested to see... So kind of following the NIL space, one thing that I have seen and heard is a lot of players that have agents. So a lot of times this is more higher profile players or players um, that play a high profile sport for a really, really good team. Some of them have agents. You are allowed not to have a professional representation agent because then you're a professional forgo your eligibility but you are allowed to have marketing and nil representation now from agents and of course agents uh presumably have their client's best interests at heart they also can charge commissions and make money um, what i've seen is a lot of agents do not actually have their client's best interests at heart some of them are good some of them are looking for money some of them have cost kids opportunities because incompetence greed whatever it may be and so I am curious for some of the big, there are a lot of big faces in college football, right? Are some of these agents going to say, don't take that $500, man. That That's like totally devaluing your brand. So I, I'm to, just to be contrarian. No, it's, a fair, bit, it's a fair point. I yeah, mean, and, I, and I'm sure there will be some that do opt out for whatever reason. And it could yeah. have to do with the agent thing. Um I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, and I mean, you do have to recognize that it doesn't look like EA Sports is going to start negotiating with people, right? It's kind of a, if you want this, here it is. Right, you can flat take fee it. for every player that's yeah. going to be in the and, game. And if I'm an athlete, even if I'm an agent, I think you, you recognize that. And if you feel like it's cool to have your name in the game, be in it. Right? Now, you can take the money. Theoretically, and let's just say now, Caleb Williams maybe isn't the best example here. Let's say Arch Manning or, or Quinn Ewers. Let's say Quinn Ewers decides is decided to be the cover athlete for this first game. Maybe he gets a little something else yeah. for being the cover athlete. But but other than that, it's a flat fee if you're going to be in the game. Yeah, that, that's the 
expectation right now? Would, would there be, I think if you're EA, you don't want to sort of step into that. You don't want to open that door. Now, if the best player, whoever just emerges in the next year as like the best quarterback in the country <laughs> and they don't go to the NFL and you're EA and you're sitting there, you're like, we got all the prime guys in here. We need this guy in this game. Do you quietly maybe negotiate something else? Maybe so, but I, I think certainly for the expectation, you want to sort of set it that, hey, guys, this is an opportunity in the past. A fake version of you would have been in the game. You would have gotten nothing. You get $500. And I I think if you're, if you're not just like one of these guys that sort of almost break the sport, so to speak, like you're not one of the top 10 guys that are making – they're already going to make a lot of money anyway, then you want to be immortalized, <laughs> right? Like, you want to tell your grandkids. Exactly. I think, yeah. I was in this video game. So I, I think for a lot of these guys, it does more for their brand than... It, I would do it for free if it yeah. was me. You got to look at it as a longer term. This isn't a uh, social media campaign. You're not taking this and saying, okay, well, if I only charge this brand 500 bucks... You know, now I've set the market at five hundred bucks for my next social media campaign. Like, there's no all these competing football video games out there, and there's no longer like the two K games or anything like that. So there's no other entity making a college football video game to say, well, they're going to offer me eight hundred dollars. I think I want to be in their game instead. Like, this is it. Yeah. This is your only option. I actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought up two K. Those games were really good. They were, and obviously they still have mm-hmm. NBA two K, but. I kind of thought this was a missed opportunity. The old NFL 2K games were great. This Better is a missed current Madden games. Yeah, this is a missed opportunity for 2K to slide in and try to get an NCAA license and create their own sort of branding. I feel like among the college football space, and they they obviously maybe didn't feel like there was a market there for it. Didn't want to pursue that avenue, but I think it's a heck of a missed opportunity. But there will inevitably be some guys who skip out because they'll, you know, they'll be just independent. Some some people think differently, and they'll say, "Look, I'm I'm not doing this for five hundred bucks." But that's not even that. There there's precedent for that. Sure. Go back and look. Barry Bonds opted out of the MLB Players Association licensing agreement back in the day. There were several Major League Baseball games that came out. They had virtually every single player, and then they'd have Jimmy Smith yeah, playing, playing left field for the Giants. Um, Michael Jordan back in the day yep. opted out, and you wouldn't have Jordan in your video games. But guess what? There was some random dude wearing 23 that was an absolute star. <laughs> so if, if Arch Manning opts out, the game, the game will go on. So eventually that will happen. Some guys will say no. But for the most part, I think 95 or more percent of players will be like, uh, absolutely. I think you'll get made like your teammates will like haze you if you don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like imagine walking in the locker room and you're like one of the two guys on the team. Like, oh, man, you're too good to be on our team. Really? Yeah, yeah, so that, I think that's a great point. Game <laughs> drops. <laughs> and you know the ops building yeah. has like a thousand yep. HD TVs in it. Game drops. It's even got consoles in there already. Yep. Hey, let's check it out. Let's check it out. Hey, hey man, I got a better rating than you. 
Um, oh, yeah. Hey, they did you wrong. Oh, my speed's only an 88. Oh, wait. You're not even in the game, man. What the heck is going on? It's like Spencer's like QB number seven. <laughs> Which uh, I found the name of the replacement for Barry Bonds. It was John Dowd. That was his name. Jimmy He's Smith, like a John Dowd. MLB, uh, the show. It wasn't the show back then, but you know what I mean. Like legend, because here's this generic guy that could mash because he was actually Barry Bonds. But you know what you can do if your favorite player's not in the NCAA video game? Edit roster. Yeah, edit if, them in. If it's QB number seven, Spencer Rattler. From Phoenix, Arizona, adjust his height and weight. Boom, there you go. Was that MVP baseball? I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Those were some fun games. Did you guys, not get off side on here, did you guys ever play the Slugfest video games? Yes, Those when I was were a, a kid. Lot of fun. That was honestly probably one of the most fun games Absolutely. of all time. Was that with King Griffey Jr. on um, the uh, cover or no? The one that I had had a bunch of guys on the cover. I think Crick Griffey was maybe on the first one. Okay. Yeah. They made two. Those those were like really you could, fun. Like catch on fire and punch people. It was <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Yeah, this, this is gonna be cool. Like I I hope I hope they don't screw this up because I think this has a chance to. I mean, this game was like part of the college football ethos. Is that the word? Like this was a big deal. Absolutely. And I, I think with nil. And all the new kind of frontiers in college athletics, this um, this will be in the college football collective mindset, the conversation. The guy, I mean, I, I actually, Chris, I think that was an awesome thought. Like, I would love to see like a Justin King video of the guys in the ops like unboxing oh, yeah. the game for the first time and seeing seeing themselves in there and their reactions and you know there's going to be some ribbing and some complaining about the ratings and oh, yeah. and stuff like that but well we th- see NFL players doing that that's one of my favorite things and they when they hey guess guess what your ratings going to be right and uh, most of the time the guys have unrealistic expectations <laughs> sure everybody everybody thinks they're going to be 99 yes uh, all right we'll talk about this more on the other side you're listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 the game it's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. 107.5, the game. Hey, if you're a small business owner here in the Midlands, you need to think about everything you need to help your business succeed. A plan, happy customers, a steady cash flow, but you also need, of course, an insurance agent that gets you and can protect your business. State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup is a small business owner as well here in the Midlands. And so she understands the unique needs that you have as a local business owner. Amy Mason Cup and her team will make it easy to choose the right protection for your business at the right price because one thing you don't need is insurance stress. Call State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup for your small business needs today, 803-772-5554 or visit her website at amymasoncup.com. Her office is right off of I-26, 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. That's at Ashland Park Plaza. Again, that's State Farm agent Amy Mason Cup who can help your small business insurance needs. AmyMasonCup.com, 803-772-5554. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. It's the Cape Cod Central Takeover Hour. Presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Back at the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. A couple more minutes to go here. Still talking about the uh, latest news for EA Sports NCAA video game coming out next year with 
college players being allowed to take part in it through NIL. And it's kind of funny how things come full circle because a decade ago, the last edition was released in the summer of 2013. We obviously know the Ed O'Bannon lawsuit was going on at that point in time that ultimately ended up shutting the game down because, like you said, it used to be defensive end number seven player for South Carolina. We all knew who that was, Jadavion Clowney, but he was not receiving any compensation for that. EA got away with that for many years. They finally decided, hey, you can't do that anymore if you can't pay the college athletes. Again, NIL wasn't a thing at that point in time, but now here we are full circle a decade later, and it's finally coming back and properly allowing players to be in the game with compensation. Yeah, potentially you could say one of the biggest reasons that NIL is where it is right now, I think. And I mean, I just remember how spot on, like quarterback 15 for Florida, Yep, how spot on he was to be Tim Tebow and, uh, you know, clowny or excuse me, defensive end number seven is six foot six and from South Carolina. Yeah, they'd always change the hometown like to somewhere nearby. It wouldn't be like the exact same one. But the same one. state. The same state. <laughs> it, was, it was so, it was almost insane they got away with it for that long, I think. But man, I'm, I'm excited. Let me just be the first to throw down the gauntlet. I'm challenging both of you. Oh, let's um, go. Y'all are going down. That's all I have to say. That's I, my final I word. I have won so many national championships in NCAA 14. <laughs> and Heisman's. And Heisman's. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let me tell you. We are, I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and say this. We're looking for a sponsor next year for our 107.5 online NCAA fan tournament. And I'm beating you all. Uh, it's, the gauntlet has been thrown down. I'm ready. Chris, what about you? I'm so my brother always beats me in Madden. It is such a different game. I don't it's like very Madden. different. Madden's Madden. So I'm like, all right, all right. I need I need to reset. Let's put in NCAA 14. That was the last one, right? Run the triple yeah. option. Nah, no triple option. I'm not as adept to that. But I'll put that in and beat him like soundly, and then yeah. he destroys me in Madden. It's like I'm completely incompetent. All right, the gauntlet's yes, been turn, thrown tournament down. Coming up, summer of 2024, the Gamecock Central. Uh, it's not going to be called NCAA football anymore. College football video game tournament. I'm excited. Sign up now. Training. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Halftime show coming up next with uh, Jay and Terry here on 107.5 The Game. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.